0: Hey everybody, this is E. Marceau Pertooth. Happy New Year. Hope all is well with you in the world. We are recording this on January 5th, 2022. First show of the new year of any form. Really first interaction communication I've had with y'all. This is another edition of the Gridiron Blitz. We're going to recap week 17 of the NFL season. And all things in professional football. Um, as always, to follow everything that we do, go to the mothership, the sportsinquire.net premier site for news and notes in the world of sports. You can also go to our social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Sports Inquirer. That's all one word. And then finally, go to our audio and video platforms, such as YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can go on those sites, find us, and be able to keep track of all that we have going on so yeah, happy new year, everybody! Once again, first show of the new year. Apologies for not recording as often as we normally do. Had some changes professionally, uh, taking on a new project, so that's really altered the schedule. But hopefully, we'll we're back on track now. Have a little bit more of a flow, an idea of what we're going to have uh, going on uh, in our world. Before we get to the games itself, we haven't spoken since the passing of John Madden who is a legendary figure in professional football. And I look at him as three careers, uh, which is, and I'll get, yeah, we'll get to that in right now. My first inkling of Matt, it kind of goes in a weird way. My first introduction to him was as an announcer. I started following football in the, I'd say early to mid 80s. So that means I was able to see him with Pat Summerall as an announced team, and I was a New York Giants fan, and they covered the NFC for CBS. So I got caught a lot of their games because the Giants were very good at that time. So they would do a lot of Giants contests, and with Madden, is and I'll get to the second time I was introduced to him in a moment, but with him and then Pat Summerall, the former New York Giants special team legend, those guys together really brought football to the masses in a major way, revolutionized football broadcast. And that's not hyperbole. If you look at Summerall's approach, and then Madden, his energy, his enthusiasm, his breakdown of plays using the telestrator and the lines, and drawing out the plays, very educational. And I was watching the documentary on Madden that Fox did a few weeks ago. It was on Christmas Day, and it's on ESPN+. And I highly recommend that you watch it. I didn't realize that he, after he retired as a head coach with the for the Raiders, he became a teacher at Cal Berkeley at teaching football and how to watch football and that makes a lot of sense if you saw his approach to broadcasting uh, so that was my first introduction to him. My second introduction to Madden is through n f l films and seeing all the and we've talked about this before when I was younger. Didn't have cable, but what I did have with my basic channels is they would replay a lot of NFL films content, especially from the 70s and 80s. So that's how I got familiar with the Steelers and the undefeated Dolphins back in in the 70s and all. And then Lombardi with the, the Packers, they play all of these NFL film videos again and again on local programming. So that was a very big introduction to me. Madden was a big part of that. A lot of that was with the Raiders as a head coach there. He was part of many infamous moments, uh, including the Immaculate Reception against Pittsburgh uh, back in the 70s. Obviously, obviously the uh, all that stuff. So he was very much involved in the fabric of NFL films. So You combine that together with him being a broadcaster when I was a child in the 80s and even into the 90s when I became a teenager, that was a, He was just a big part of the the football landscape for me. This third career, so I talked about him as a broadcaster and then him as a coach and being a Hall of Fame head coach, having think, the highest winning percentage still for any coach with at least 100 wins. So he has that mark that still held up for close to 40 years uh, in his career. The third mark of him was the video game. That was even more, I, that probably that may be more impactful than the other two, which is crazy to say because he's a Hall of Fame head coach. A, I think even more big of a instead make if it makes sense a bigger impact on the game. I think as an announcer and broadcaster, and not throwing the commercials as well, the beer commercials and the Outback commercials, things like that. Him bringing the game to a lot of the masses a big impact there. But the third one is third career as the face of Madden on the video game. And I came up in that generation and that I think was even bigger appeal. And I think that game has honestly had a major impact on how we view football as well. At least my generation, I'm 40. So I'm young enough to remember video games kind of before Madden the little the Nintendo version, but then Super Nintendo came out and then Madden really took off, honestly, in the late eighties into the early nineties, that game to me, and if you're a young man or, or a woman and you play video games at all, you've played Madden. I think the biggest impact of that game, and you even see it in the broadcast of, of contests, the aerial cameras, you see the shots, the the visuals, as far as the graphics. On your, your screen where you see the, the score, the, the timeline, the down and distance, all of that stuff, even the yard markers, a lot of that started through Madden in video game form. If you played the game, you now see it on legitimate football broadcast. So you have all of that included in there. But the game was played by everybody, every race, every gender, all ages, you actually got a concept of what da- what concepts were. I know what a dime package is. I know what a nickel is. I know what a four-three is. The run and shoot, a single back offense. Uh, you know how how to what a post is, what uh how, what a button hook is. How, you know all that stuff. You're running a, a sweep, all those types of things. You you verbiage of football improved so much playing the game. And you heard guys like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson on the the documentary talking about that. One, they were happy to be on the cover of the game, and that was a big mark for them because they were young guys who really didn't... Some of them weren't even born when Madden was a head coach. I wasn't born when Madden was a head coach. And they knew about him as a broadcaster, but playing that video game had tremendous impact on them. But the verbiage improved so much. Me, as a Analyzing contest. I now know certain schemes when people are talking about what knowing what 3D, uh, a nickel, three DBs, dime, four DBs, you know, stuff like that. Running a power sweep, having you pulling your guard because you see the visual of it literally when you are playing that playing the video game. And that had a tremendous impact on how we watch the game and analyze it. That wasn't done in generations before football. And football football's still a difficult sport to comprehend because there's so many moving parts to it. But it used to be like a air of mystery about it. And now there's less of that because of games like Madden, everyone like me playing, thinking, and then another thing it's done as well, that video game, it makes you an armchair general manager because you have the franchise mode in that in the video game. You can trade players, you can draft players, even build your own player. So we all know about salary caps and having to work with the budget and long-term contracts and coach negotiations in those franchise modes that are all involved in that video game. So his impact on that was tremendous as far as bringing the game to the masses in that way. So Madden had a tremendous impact on the game and wanted to acknowledge that before we get to week 17 of the NFL season, really not too much to analyze from the past week. I'll go into some overall themes and then break down some uh, other details as we go through. Four teams have clinched playoff berths after missing the postseason last year. Arizona, Cincinnati, Dallas, and New England. That, since 1990, that streak of 32 consecutive seasons. At least four teams have qualified for the playoffs in every season that were not in the postseason the year before. Philadelphia can join them this week if certain things happen there. 32 games this year have been decided by a game-winning score on the final play of the game. That's the most all-time in a season, and we still have one week to go. We had uh, Evan McPherson with the Cincinnati rookie kicker win that game against Kansas City for the Bengals. Las Vegas kicker Daniel Carlson also had a game-winning field goal uh, in the Raiders' victory last week. Uh, so there's been a lot going on there with that. Uh, the Bengals, as I mentioned, them overcame a 14-point deficit to defeat Kansas City 34-31 to and clinched the AFC North Division for the first time since 2015. So the Bengals completed a worst-to-first turnaround. In, uh, they finished last in the division last year. Now they're in first place, 17 of the past 19 seasons, at least one team has achieved that mark. Uh, so that's just shows once again, as I've always said in the NFL, if you're bad for a long time, there's really no excuse. You know, if you're you could be bad for two or three years, maybe even four years. I'll give you a little bit of time there. But there is no reason for you not to cycle out players or bring in new players and not be competitive. Uh, so that's a Bengals' respect for them to for doing that uh, so the bank, cincinnati and dallas have each clinched division titles after missing postseason last year as i mentioned uh, those two at least two teams have won their divisions the season after missing the playoffs 18 of the last 19 seasons uh, so once again you can go from worst to first in your own division it's not easy but it can happen and we've seen it happen consistently over the past uh, 20 years Tampa defeated the Jets uh, 28 to 24, Tom Brady, 410 passing yards, three touchdowns, Gronkowski, big day for him, 115 receiving yards as well in that victory. Brady now has 13 career games, at least 400 passing yards, and that now he's tied Dan Marino for the third most all-time. Only Drew Brees and Peyton Manning have more, you know, so he had 40 touchdown passes in uh, 2020 last in tw- last year, he had 50 touchdown passes. In 2007, Brady has 40 TD passes this year. Third third time in his career, he's had 40 plus TDs. Joining Aaron Rodgers as the only quarterbacks to have that done three times in their career. I think the MVP is to lose for Brady. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor has a major case as well with the Bengals, but the narrative fits him very well i'll delve into antonio brown a little bit more when we preview week 18 of the season in a few days but he's a knucklehead and he's gotten so many chances and i don't want to hear about him needing help and everything like that look he's a grown man he's gotten a lot of chances he's been an issue on and off of the field for many many years and his antics we saw what he did, left the middle of the game, took his jersey off, his shirt off, and walked off. You know, that's just typical Antonio Brown. And the Bucks. hey, he didn't cost them a lot of money, low risk, low reward. They got a high reward. He played well for them last year. It was okay this year. But this year with the COVID, a card fiasco, uh, just his attitude, not good at all. You know, he'll be missed on the field because they do need him, but it's just not worth it with everything that he puts you through. Uh, you know, so that was my thoughts on Antonio Brown. I'll delve into that more on a future episode. Cincinnati, as I mentioned, defeated Kansas City 34 to 31. I mentioned Tom Brady as an MVP candidate. You got to put Joe Burrow uh, right there with them. Burrow, 446 passing yards, four TDs in that victory. Jamar Chase had 11 catches for 226 yards and three TDs uh, in that contest. Uh, you know, Burrow... 525 passing yards and four TDs uh, and he had that in week 16 uh, which was last week or two weeks ago and this week as I mentioned 446 passing yards second quarterback all time with at least 450 passing yards and four TDs in consecutive weeks joining Jameis Winston back in 2019 and his 400 is 971 passing yards in the past two games Surpassed Phil Sims for the second most passing yards by quarterback in a two game span. Only Dak Prescott passed for more yards over a two game span. And that was back in uh, 2020, well, last year. And Jamar Chase, 1,429 receiving yards this season. Surpassed Jordan Jefferson for the most by a rookie in uh, history. Uh, Just tremendous efforts by him and and that team. And I picked the Bengals to be a borderline playoff team. I really should have. Stuck to my guns and picked them to reach that mark, but you have to respect the effort that you've seen from the Bengals, and they're going to be a tough out in the postseason. Uh defensively, okay, but Burrow, he has a. They're going to get a home game. They could win a playoff game and make a run in the. I think the very wide open AFC, and Kansas City's probably still the better team, but hey, you just beat the Chiefs on your home turf. What what says you can't do it again? You know, so that's a very big win for the Bengals. Now, as they roll along, Arizona defeated Dallas 25 to 22. Uh, very good game from Kyler and Murray and, and the the Cardinals who started off the season so well, but then started dealing with some injuries. Kyler Murray was out. Uh, Nuke Hopkins, he's dealing, de- still dealing with injuries. Uh, they seemed like a team that was, they weren't going to finish undefeated, but they won, I think their first eight, nine games of the season. Looked like they were really the, the class of the NFC. They've come back to, to the pack a little bit. You've seen, no pun intended, you've seen Green Bay uh, catch up to them. Even the Rams, they're still fighting for the division title. But to go to Dallas and get a win, it's a very good move, a very good effort uh, by the Bengals, by the Cardinals you know, as they try to solidify their playoff positioning. Speaking of random playoff positioning, what about the Eagles, who have been so nondescript this year, but quietly they've been winning games and are very close to clinching a playoff spot. They earned a 20-16 victory over the Washington football team, uh, so that was a good win for the Eagles as they try to find their way into the postseason. I think that the offensive player of the year, and this could be very interesting. We have Jonathan Taylor, who already has 20 rushing touchdowns this year. Cooper going to be in that conversation as well. The Rams defeated the, the Ravens 20-19. Cup had six receptions for 95 yards and a touchdown. He now has 138 receptions this year and surpassed Antonio Brown and Julio Jones for the third most, most receptions of all time. He's only nine receptions away from tying uh, Michael Thomas's record of 149 catches. I think he can get close to that. Depends what they want to do uh, as far as the, the Rams going. They need that win their game next uh, this upcoming week to solidify some playoff positioning. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, there with that. So I think he's still in contention for the mythical triple crown of uh, re- leading the league in receiving yards, touchdowns, and uh, catches. So he's right there as far as that category goes. Aaron Donald, 98 career sacks. Tied uh, Von Miller and Derek Thomas for the fourth most all-time. Only other guys that he trails are Reggie White, uh, Demarcus Ware, and Jared Allen? You know, as far as most actually their first eight seasons uh, of their career. Obviously, the all-time guys, is Bruce Smith with the two hundred, uh, but still, once again, Hall of Famer in the flesh that we're looking at right now. And Aaron Donald, a big effort from him. Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, he had a uh, hundred fourteen scrimmage yards and one TD in that vic- in the loss against the Raiders. He is the youngest player in NFL history with at least 200 scrimmage yards and 20 touchdowns in a single season. He's only 22 years old, a tremendous mark by him. So I want to acknowledge that. The Titans clinched the AFC South for the second consecutive year with a 34 3 victory over Miami. Buffalo was able to clinch a playoff berth for the third consecutive year with a 29 15 victory over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, New England also clinched a playoff spot with a 50 to 10 victory over uh the jacksonville jaguars and green bay is in the playoffs and have clinched the division with their victory over uh who did they defeat where am i knows yeah minnesota 37 to 10 sunday night football yeah, so they are now in the playoffs. So we're starting to see all these teams secure their playoff positioning and their playoff spots. And, uh, yes, yeah, so let and, me and see if any other notes as far as postseason goes. Yeah, and we'll do a further breakdown on a show in the future as far as that goes. But just wanted to get a quick show in because I haven't talked to y'all in a while, and I miss y'all. And I appreciate the, you know, everyone that listens to the show and wanted to give you some content. But as always, follow everything that we do. Go to the mothership, the sportsinquire.net premier site news and notes in the world of sports. You can also go to our social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And finally, follow us on our audio and video host, including YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Do a search for us under the Sports Inquirer, and you'll be able to keep track of all that we have going on. So once again, thanks for listening to the show. Like us, subscribe to us. And until next time, good fight, good night, and be safe.